right. Welcome back to the Sage Post 47 podcast. This is your host, Sierra Ty Brownlee, and today I'm joined by James Solomon, Pomona College Class of 2006 and current Ward E Council Member of Jersey City. James, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, thank you for having me. It's exciting to be here. Thank you. All right. Let's hop right in. And if you could just touch a little bit on your Pomona experience and maybe some of the things that you were involved with. Yeah, I um, graduated in 2006 and loved my four years on, on campus. It was a you know, really formative time for me. The My interest in politics has always been a part of me since I was a little kid, but it was really blossomed at Pomona. Um, I got a master's, I'm sure I got a you know, bachelor in public policy with Professor Menefee Libe and Professor Worthington, um, who I know DML is still at Pomona and doing great things um, at school. And I, I worked a lot with Pomona Student Union, uh, which at the time was really trying to kind of foster uh, dialogue and debate uh, on campus. And, uh, you know, I've met my best friends at school. So uh, the people that I'm closest to are were my, my randomly assigned freshman roommate and a number of other friends who, who I met along the way. So uh, I, I had a great time at Pomona and really my interest in politics just sort of kind of blossomed and, and deepened uh, during my four years there. Okay, very cool. And so you mentioned that you came in knowing you had this interest in politics. And so did you kind of already have a strong idea of your academic interests? I, I did, although I got to explore things at Pomona that I would have never imagined. I, I took Professor Yamashita's, you know, seminar on uh, reading the diaries of, uh, you know, ordinary citizens in Japan during World War II, which would have never in a million years thought I would have done that when I walked in as a freshman. But, you know, because he was such a phenomenal professor and I could learn so much from that class, I just took it because it was going to make me a, a smarter, more uh, kind of fulfilled human being. Uh, than anything else. But, you know, I have always loved kind of politics and policy. It's an interest I shared with my parents. And uh, so when I came into school, I definitely knew that I wanted to study political science and policy in some way, shape or form. And then Mm -hmm. the public policy analysis major was the perfect fit at the time for me. Okay, very nice. And as you were kind of coming to the end of your four years, did you have an idea of the type of career you might want to pursue? Not not in any sustained, thoughtful way. I think in, mm-hmm. a, in a vague directional way, sure. And, yeah. and I, I knew that I wanted, you know, to be kind of, you know, eventually, I think, in the world of politics. But I also felt that a lot of 23-year-olds who kind of immediately jump into politics don't develop the, the sort of thoughtfulness there and, and, I don't know, understanding of our society that helps guide yeah. a good public leader. So I, I wanted to kind of just just learn. I wanted to, after school, I wanted to have an opportunity to, to learn about the U.S. and kind of build my sense of understanding of, of both who I was and, and kind of what was going on in our country. Um, so I, I ended up doing Teach for America in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I was actually, it was, it didn't, didn't you know, kind of go exactly as I would have hoped, but it was a really, really valuable uh, experience for me. Um, and so I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do after graduating. I just knew, you know, get a job and do something that kind of helps me understand uh, the world. Yeah. Okay. And could you talk a little bit about your journey to being a council member and what that has been like? Yeah, it, uh, it has been a, a, a fascinating play, fascinating series of steps. So I graduated Pomona. And I lived in St. Louis and Chicago and 
combination of teaching and worked as a paralegal for uh-huh. the Legal Assistance Foundation. And that work kind of built this real passion and fascination with cities. I'd grown up in the suburbs, obviously Pomona's and Claremont. Mm-hmm. So I'd always known cities, but I never really understood them. And at school, I really focused on national politics. And then I'm, you know, in St. Louis, I'm in Chicago, and I'm just fascinated. I'm like, how, how did these buildings get here? How, how yeah. did these societies get here? I mean, both cities are both really vibrant cities, they're also deeply segregated, um, you know, deep, both deep poverty, lots of extreme wealth, especially in Chicago. Um, and in St. Louis, that extreme wealth is just in the suburbs. And the, why are there those, why is it that this, this totally arbitrary border makes such a difference in people's lives and in the physical makeup of communities? And so mm-hmm. I, I, that is what really just built this fascination with cities for me. And yeah. so I lived in those cities for four years and then was like, I really want to learn more. And so I went to graduate school and got a master in public policy focused on urban government and urban studies. Mm-hmm. Um, with the long-term goal of being involved in city government. And after graduating, I worked for the mayor of Boston for two years, which was a really rewarding job, mm-hmm. and then moved to Jersey City. And I, I just finished my, my re-election campaign, and I would always tell the story in the campaign trail how I got to uh, Jersey City. And it was actually my now spouse and partner who took a job in New Jersey, and uh, she was looking in different places. She looked in Newark and Hoboken and then Jersey City. Mm-hmm. And she called me up and uh, I'll give you the PG-13 version, but she calls me up and she says, James, I freaking love Jersey City and we're going to come here. Because <laughs> it's New Jersey and we curse in New Jersey. I tell the R-rated version uh, when I'm in the, <laughs> on the campaign trail. And she, uh, so we, we moved to Jersey City and we moved here in part because it's, uh, depending on how you count the most diverse city in the country or one of the most diverse, um, we wanted to raise our kids in a community that uh, that see lots of meet lots of different people and that's you know, really important for for Gabby my my spouse and partner and for me too but, but uh, very much so for her and uh, we got to Jersey City we immediately kind of fell in love with it um, but then about two years after I moved here I got diagnosed with lymphoma and uh, I'm all better thankfully full remission okay, almost six, six years at this point which is which is crazy um, but this community really helped me through that process. So we'd yeah. just been here for two years and I had neighbors that would take me on walks through our local park just to keep my energy up. And my friends, mm-hmm. Debbie and Sharon Dell at our local coffee shop would give me a free coffee every time I walked in. Mm-hmm. And I just really felt cared for by the Jersey city yeah. community. And, I, you know, if I recovered, I, I really was like, Hey, I want to give back to this community. It's been mm-hmm. so helpful and supportive to me. And, you know, I always thought maybe one day in the future I might run for office. But yeah. when you have that type of a kind of health diagnosis, you know, I was 30 when I when I was diagnosed, you think uh-huh. life, life's short. And I think I have something to offer. And I think Jersey City in particular has a sort of, you know, crony machine type of politics. And, and I wanted to practice something different, which was really kind of a politics that's, you know, rooted in a community that you're governing in and not in mm-hmm. you know, special interest money or kind of more establishment kind of sort of support. So I decided to run in 2017 and I was able to win mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, just finished my reelection campaign, uh, which I was successful. Congratulations. What a story. Um, and kind of looking to the future, do you want to change positions or what are your goals? It's a great question. So one is I, I don't take anything for granted. Well, you know, you never know what life will bring. And I have four years now to do really good work and, I think one of the things I'm most excited about is, is I've had the learning curve for the first four years. So I have a much better sense of how to be an effective council person. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really important work to do. You know, a couple of the core priorities for me was one, I would triple the number of affordable homes built in my district. Then yeah. in the next four years, then we built in the last decade. Um, we have a very vibrant community, but it is increasing in price and becoming less and less mm-hmm. affordable, displacing long-term residents who help make it a great city. And I think there's real a real opportunity to build um, affordable homes um, in my district. Um, I want to keep building infrastructure here. We're one of the most rapidly urbanizing communities in America. Uh, our population increased from 50,000 to 70,000 in just the last 10 years. And that's my district, not the whole city. Uh, and so that when you increase in population that much, it presents challenges. They're good challenges, but you know, you got to build schools and parks and transit infrastructure. Um, so that's like a core, core priority. And then I really want to pass ethics reform and anti-corruption legislation. You know, Jersey City has oftentimes been the butt of jokes uh, because of our history of corruption. Mm-hmm. In my time, our school board president was indicted by not one, not two, but three separate law enforcement agencies. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's unique in New Jersey. So yeah. we, uh, we have a history of corruption here and we have not built a real culture of, of good government and it's hard to do, but I think there's there's much more for us to do. So I really want to focus on doing that over the next four years. And then if we're able, I'm able to accomplish that or, or kind of more establishment folks stop us from doing that, then I think I'll think about what, what we could do, what I could run for in, in 2025. But yeah, life is life. So I'm just excited mm-hmm. to kind of get back to work. Okay, pretty cool. Going back to getting your master's, I wanted to ask... Um, kind of if you thought about getting a master's or consider it post-graduation or maybe during school or your experiences afterwards kind of led you to get it. I I felt very, I was very happy that I, that I took four years to work between yeah. graduate school and, and undergrad because I didn't have that interest in city government at 22. I mean, mm-hmm. I knew I was interested in politics, right? And yeah. Policy, but uh, you know, getting those experiences living in St. Louis and Chicago really built an interest and a passion. Like I, I read, you just like I read Jane Jacobs and there's a great his book of history of Chicago. And there's a the power broker, which is the great biography of Robert Moses. And I hadn't read any of those things when I was 20 and 21 and 22. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're all guessing, but like at that point I was like, Hey, I really think this is what I want to do. Um, and I wouldn't have been there at 22 and I would have had a very different trajectory in life. So having those work experiences really help. Now there's no guarantee, you know, whatever work experience you have at 23 or 24 is going to, going to build that interest, but yeah. I was lucky and, and was able to do that. And I was, I think I was able to get more out of grad school by, by having a clear sense yeah. of what I wanted and what I wanted to learn and the skills I wanted to develop and build. So for me, taking a few years off was great, but I know everybody's different and, you know, your, your sort of your metrics and calculus is going to work a little different based on you, you know, your, your knowledge of yourself. Um, but that's kind of uh, was a, that, taking that time off was a good step for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now moving to deciding on your major, were you at a point of ever like deciding between politics and PPA? Yeah, I, I looked at three. It was a politics major, PPA, and then PPE. Okay. Um, all, yeah. all three sort of interested me. Yeah. And, at the end of the day, what I liked about PPA versus politics, and I assume it's the same, although you know it may have changed in the, the two decades since graduation, mm-hmm. a decade and a half, um, is PPA was a little more rigorous. You had to write a thesis, and mm-hmm. 
you had to take a couple of core courses on like policy implementation and policy theory. And, and I wanted to kind of take a little bit more of a rigorous, um, you know, major. And I wanted to write a yeah. thesis. I, I thought that the, I, and I say it's like, I, I kind of, kind of hate writing and I procrastinate all the time, <laughs> but I thought that the process of forcing myself to do it was be, would be a good process. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's ultimately right. Okay. Very cool. All right. Well, we've talked about a lot, so I think that we might start wrapping things up here, but I always like to ask if you have any advice for current students. This could be career-related, um, life-related, or really anything. That's a great question. Um, advice for current students. So, I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind is one that I'm sure many people heard, but pick your courses based on professor, not topic. Um, I got so much by taking courses from professors that were either really invested in us as students or were really invested in their work and their research. So they might not have been like the most personable person, but they were so smart and you could get so much out of the course. Um, So that's one piece of advice. Um, Second thing is I always joke with Jokes around. I always say, people, if I were to go back and redo my my college years and early twenties, mm-hmm. I would have really tried to become fluent in Spanish um, and maybe taken a year abroad or taken a gap year after graduating, yeah. just because you know, as life goes on, you get busier, and and then yeah. I'm able to have conversational Spanish, but not fluency. And you know, there might be a different skill for a student. Maybe it's foreign language. Maybe it's computer programming. Maybe it's mm-hmm. you know, you can name. Maybe it's you know, doing certain types of econometrics. But I think that, you know, when you're, when you're 18 and through 23, 24, you have, you, depending, people have different life circumstances, but you may have real time to build a skill that as you get older yeah. and your professional career develops and your family obligations grow that you may not have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are two kind of immediate pieces of advice that I'd think about. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we will wrap things up. So thank you, James, for taking the time today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Sarah. I, uh, great to meet you and to chat and enjoy sunny California as I <laughs> deal with cold and wet New Jersey. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you, James. And thank you guys for listening. Take care. Bye.